Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of D-Communist. I'm your host, Jess Johnston. Glad to have you here. Glad to have your ears listening to my talkings. And today my talkings are going to circle around another amazing Disney Channel original movie, 2002's Get a Clue. Get a Clue is one of those Disney Channel original movies that every time I read the list of DCOMs, I'm like, Get a Clue is a DCOM? Because something about it just has that higher quality. Rude to say of every other Disney Channel original movie, and I appreciate that. But I consider myself one of the foremost experts in the field, so I can say whatever I want. Anyway, this movie, it seems like maybe it could have had a theatrical release. It's got a lot of intrigue, drama, high-tech, 2000, early 2000s fashion, murder... No murder, it, it's a Disney Channel original movie. But one of the things that I think that makes this movie so spectacular is its all-star cast. And now we're going to jump right into my favorite segment on the podcast, IMDB, People of Note. Someday I might have a theme song for that, but today is not that day. First and foremost, your lead, Lexi Gold, is played by none other than Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay Lohan has had a real rough week this week, so I think we should all just take a moment, this moment, my podcast, to reflect on, not my podcast only, like, take other moments out of your day to remember good old Lilo, but just, you know, if sending someone vibes is something you're into, to send her some positive vibes, she could always use them, the whole world could always use them, but I'm requesting a special section going straight to Lindsay Lohan. She is the lead in this film. Her best friend, played by Brenda Song, you know Brenda Song, she is in The Social Network, she plays Christy, she's of course probably best known for her role as London Tipton in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, and the less popular follow-up, Sweet Life on Deck. Um, Lindsay Lohan's partner in crime slash love interest in this movie, Bug Hall, Bug Hall, a one of the better names anyone's ever had in the entire history of the universe, I'm going to go to planets I've never even heard of and say that Bug Hall's definitely up there. But he played the pointy-haired little cutie patootie uh, singing, singing, bubble burping boy uh, Alfalfa and the Little Rascals. I love the Little Rascals, but I'm talking about the Little Rascals from our era, our era being people my age, whatever year that came out, the 90s. So he's in this movie too. Um, Ian Gomez is in this movie. He plays Mr. Walker, Lindsay Lohan's uh, teacher, and also the person that goes missing. Yeah, somebody goes missing in this movie. You know it's not missing? Ian Gomez, he's in it. He plays the guy. He, uh, to me, Ian Gomez is probably not, not necessarily best known, but to me I know him as um, he's in Cougar Town. Another great show, strongly recommended. I have the first two seasons on DVD and the rest of the seasons on Amazon Prime. So if you're interested, hit me up, and I will give you my password. I, I won't do that, but I will let you borrow my DVDs. Or you can just turn it on TBS, because they're in syndication. Whoop, whoop. Anyway, circling back, circling back, um, James Shaughnessy is in this film as well. He plays the villain. He's um, named Mr. Meany, but I will get into that later. Anyway, James Shaughnessy is... Um, the, he's the guy from The Nanny, the dad or the... I've never actually seen The Nanny, if I, if I can be honest with you. I know Fran Drescher's in it. And if God had blessed me with her gift of that laugh, I would do an impression right now. 
but I'm just not there. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm not Fran Drescher level talented. Who, I mean, honestly though, who is? And then rounding out the IMDb people of note, Amanda Plummer, Plumer, I'm not sure which. She, as I was watching the movie, nothing about her said like, oh, she's in this other movie. Like I didn't have that familiar sense. Then I was flipping through her IMDb. She's in like a ton of stuff that I've definitely seen. And then the one thing that I was like, oh, how could I not make this connection is The Hunger Games. She's in um, Catching Fire, I think, is the second one. Yeah, I think she's in that one. She plays Wyrus. Uh, she's from the district. That's the well, she's They're all from districts. She's in a district uh, where electricity and like um, the tech stuff. She's one of those gals. I'm having a hard time describing her. So I'll just say this. If you've seen the movie when they're in the games and the one person figures out that the arena is a clock and she's like, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. That's her. That's this gal. And she plays Miss Dawson in the film, Love Interest to Mr. Walker, played by Ian Gomez, as I mentioned. So an all-star cast, like move over Avengers, move over Ocean's Eleven. This might be the greatest ensemble for any mover, any movie ever assembled. So uh, that's a bold statement, but I'm a bold person. For those of you not in the know, not in the loop, not uh, having the sitch, not having the 411, curious on the scoop, here's what this movie's about. Lindsay Lohan plays a gal from the Upper East Side. Mm, <laughs> I say that like that's where she's from. She's a rich gal living in Manhattan. If the Upper East Side is in Manhattan, then let's all just agree that I definitely knew that. And if it's not, then let's all forgive me because I've never even been to New York. So, anyway, she's from Manhattan. Her dad is a reporter for the Times, and her mom is, like, a fancy businesswoman who does God knows what. But I can only assume that she's the one that's bringing in the money because they have this huge house, and if they're expecting me to believe that the news reporter's the one bringing in all the money, I, that's, that's, that's not how this works. I'm not a New York Times reporter, but I've worked, I, you know, the News Gazette, maybe you've heard of it. I did work there for eight years, so I know a thing or two. And I know that that doesn't get you your whole own floor in a Manhattan apartment. So we're thinking mom's got the money, but mom is shortly out of the picture in the movie. Doesn't die, just goes on a business trip and is never heard from again. Goodbye, mom. So anyway, Lilo, she is also an aspiring reporter, and she just does this little human interest piece about her teachers having sort of a secret romance. For whatever reason, she writes this article. Her school newspaper chooses not to print it. So she submits it to the Daily Examiner's junior reporter column. And they run it. Like this citywide New York City newspaper runs this article about two teachers being in love at some rich kid academy. I don't know. But anyway, so it's a huge deal. Everyone at school is freaking out. They're also proud of her. They're also excited, except for Jack Downey. Jack Downey is Bug Hall's character. He is the editor who shut down Lindsay Lohan's original column because he doesn't think she's a serious journalist. And for her school newspaper, she does like this Ask Abby type column, but with teenage problems, you know, classic, classic Disney Channel move. So these two... Uh, are sort of butting heads about the article she wrote. And then it comes to pass that Mr. Walker is all of a sudden getting in trouble from their principal, Miss Stern. And I would like to take this opportunity now to talk to you about some of the names in this movie. Miss <laughs> um, Stern and Mr. Meany are both, like, potential villains. And I just think that whoever wrote this movie 
was bored and they were like over it. They're like, whatever, Miss Stern. He's a she's a stern gal. Her name is Miss Stern. This guy's a real meanie. Done. Detective Meanie. That's his name. Wrapped it up. Um, so anyway, Miss Stern is sort of sassing Mr. Walker, but you don't know why. It's left vague. And then all of a sudden, his uh, his car is getting pulled out of the river. <gasps> no. Where's he gone? Oh, my God, you guys. Can you all forgive me? I left out a crucial element, so we're going to backtrack just a little bit. Mr. Walker, not missing yet. Lilo and Bug Hall, I'm going to start calling them by their characters' names, uh, Lexi Gold and Jack Downey are in the hallway, and they overhear Mr. Walker and Miss Dawson having a fight. And she's mad because he's breaking up with her because the article ran. We don't know why that, that leads to a breakup, but it has. So she's all, I can't see you every day. It's going to be too hard. One of us is going to have to leave the school, and you're crazy if you think it's me. And it's like threatening but not like, it's, well, it, it's just, she's threatening him. That's, it, it happened, all right? We all need to accept it. She threatened him. It was scary. So anyway, these two yahoos hear this, and then back to the car getting pulled out of the river. They are looking for Mr. Walker now, and Lindsay gets Lexi. That's very complicated. They should have given them different names. Lexi gets questioned by the police, because she obviously wrote the article and might have some information about his whereabouts. She mentions what she overheard with Miss Dawson, but she's deafy on Miss Dawson's, Miss Dawson's side. She's like, no, she didn't do it. She's, she's just a woman in love, and she's sad. She would never do anything. She's a nice lady. But Bug Hall, he's not so sure. So Lindsay following Lexi. Honest to God, who cares? You know, if I say Lindsay, if I say Lexi, it's the same person, the lead character in this movie. <laughs> Takes some advice from her dad, and she is like, okay, well, I obviously need to follow up on this dad you know like what would you do if you're following this case and he's like well sometimes you have to do your own detective work so she immediately takes that to heart and is like all right I'm gonna do my own detective work so her and Jack and her best friend Jennifer who is Brenda Song and another guy Gabe all band together to investigate the missing person's case that is the one that we are currently in <laughs> the the, it's, uh, what, it's a mystery. It's a missing mystery. The mystery that is missing. So they're investigating it. And the movie, this movie came out in 2002. And Spy Kids came out in 2001. And I do think that this movie has a bit of a Spy Kids complex. Because they do this whole gadget thing where they're like in this, it's called like the spy shop or spy corner. And it's literally just like a store full of spy equipment. Like here's some special cameras or here's like glasses that help you see behind you like that's yeah of course every uh every street corner has just a spy shop that's totally classic so they go there and they're gonna set up some surveillance on miss dawson because gabe lives right across from her they get what is essentially an old gopro <laughs> set that up gabe and jennifer watch her miss dawson they do and lexi and jack decide to go track down mr walker they find in his apartment a briefcase that says NP. And kids' movies, kids' mystery movies, I, I shouldn't expect, you know, like a Gone Girl-style twist from them, but they really hit you over the head with the fact that this, uh, this NP briefcase is going to be crucial because they talk about it, and then the camera just, like, lingers on it for three seconds. You're like, uh, uh, I get it. Understood. This, this briefcase means something. <laughs> 
So they, when they're at the apartment, they run into Detective Meany. And Detective Meany, according to Lexi, is not a real private eye. Because he's too damn bougie. He's got on some, like, four carat and crusted, or 14 carat crusted watch. Really nice suit, Gucci, Prada, shoes, Louboutins, whatever. Just wearing all the latest designers. And she's like, mm-mm, private eyes don't make that kind of money. Jack is not so suspicious. He still suspects Miss Downey. Well, Jack, you shouldn't have because Mr. Walker was murdered by no one. He, Mr. Walker, is not Mr. Walker. His name is Nikolai P. something or other. I can't pronounce it and I don't remember it, but he was a banker in Arizona in the 80s. Framed for stealing $10 million, tries to run. Whoever framed him is stalking him. So he fakes his own death, adopts a new identity, moves to New York, becomes a teacher, and learns that he loves it. They track him down because they find his mom's address in New York. There he is hanging out with his mom because he's a really fun guy. So he explains to them everything that happened, you know, I wasn't actually doing this crime, I just got framed, and now I think whoever framed me is coming back for me. Because when Lex's article ran in the newspaper, there's also a picture, and this cover was blown. Whoever was stalking him has seen the cover, or excuse me, has seen the picture, friggin' busted. So they're like, okay, Mr. Walker, we want to help you, we're going to figure this out. He gets a mysterious note saying, meet me, you know, at this hotel at 2 p.m. Or Miss Dawson gets it, essentially. They go to the hotel. They, it's a, <laughs> every person who, like, had a role in the movie is at the hotel. Like, the four kids are there. Mr. Walker's there. They see Miss Stern, the old principal. They see Miss Dawson. She's there. Miss Dawson was getting hit on by some, like, uh, the newspaper teacher from the school. He's at her apartment earlier, so then they see him, they see Miss Stern. If it was just who, it was a revolving door and a who's who of criminals. So it comes to pass, after some Benny Hill-style shenanigans, that Mr. or Detective Meany is actually faking, you know, being Detective Meany. He's the guy who framed... Mr. Walker for stealing the $10 million back in Tucson it was actually his boss at the bank. And then, I don't know, got mad at him for whatever reason. That's never fully explained, but it's forgivable. He is like, okay, you're right, busted, but where's the $10 million? I know you took it. He's like, I really, truly never took it. And then Lindsay, using her keen investigative eye, is like, oh, you know, Mr. Walker's mom, where did you get that horror, wonderful brooch? And she's like, oh, I found it on the floor of the bank. And then it turns out, of course, that the brooch is actually some incredibly rare canary diamond that's worth mm, about, I don't know, $10 million. So that's where the money went and has been recovered. The good name of Mr. Walker is clear. Detective Meany is off to prison. And Mr. Walker and Miss Dawson have their happily ever after. Woohoo! That, ladies and gents, is get a clue. And now I need you to get a clue about some other pieces of information from this movie. First things first, what I consider to be the most crucial aspect of the movie is the fashion. I cannot tell you how many times I just went like, yes, iconic girl, fuck it up, yes. Because what they were wearing was so painfully 2002, it, it, it made me 
I was like lying in my bed, just like flipping. I was like, oh my God, look at that. It's a, she was wearing a pink fur coat, tight patterned pants, chokler necklaces, those sunglasses where it was like a purple lens, but it was clear and it sort of had a fade. So it went like from light to dark purple. And then in the corner of one lens was like a little rhinestone heart. So many different handbags, jellies, incredible. And the girls were bringing it just 24-7. The guys, I mean, they were, they were okay. But the ladies, they really knew how to throw together an outfit. It, if you want to, just Google this movie and just look at some of the pictures. If you don't have the strength to watch the whole thing, Google it. Because it is truly unbelievable. Speaking of throwing together outfits, one thing that I thought was... I remember thinking as a kid, well, that's silly, and now is 100% something I have done and will continue to do. She wakes up, Lindsay does, and her computer's beeping, and she immediately puts on, like, a Xbox Live headset. You know the type. You look like a phone operator. She puts that on and just starts Skyping with her best friend. I mean, it's not Skype because it's 2002, but they start video chatting. And then they're like, oh, check out this outfit. Which one should I wear? Which one should I wear? And that's how they start their day. And I... I've done that. I've been like, hmm, mom, <laughs> or I'll like snap a picture or I'll FaceTime somebody be like, does this go together? I can't tell. So this movie is really ahead of its time in terms of uh, technology and fashion. <laughs> but so they, I mean, they video chat a lot. And then every kid in this movie has a cell phone and they're on it 24 seven. They make like a big deal of showing all the kids on their cell phone, but they were all talking on it because <laughs> texting wasn't a big deal. And I was like, this is almost it's almost upsetting. Like it has, what has it been? 14 years and already everything was so different for high schoolers. Like there were, well, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> I said it out loud and I was like, you know, 14 years is kind of a long time, especially in this day and age when technology is evolving so rapidly that maybe I shouldn't be so surprised by that. Like texting wasn't big when I was in junior high and I, you had to like call people on nights and weekends. And now do phone companies even charge for phone calls anymore? I don't think so. All they care about is data. <laughs> so maybe I should just calm down. But it was funny. It is, it is and was funny just to see a bunch of kids talking on their cell phones because literally nobody does that anymore. And it also reminded me of a simpler time where we all had antenna charms and like blingy backgrounds <laughs> and customized ringtones. I mean, do you remember callback tones? I wish I never had one. I wish I did. I knew like three people who did and I was like, don't pick up when I call you. I'm just calling to hear. I'm just calling to hear this song. Um, but so they make a big deal out of everybody being on their cell phones all the time. And then Lexi, Lindsay's character, has a younger sister, and the younger sister is portrayed as being like a geeky nerd because she's really into like tech. I was like, well, if Lindsay wakes up and is immediately video chatting, then why is she so different from her sister, who's constantly in her room like building little gadgets? And then I realized, and by then, I mean right now I realized, that maybe it has something to do with the fact that Lindsay's doing it because she's social and it's elevating her social status, whereas her sister is in her room alone working on these little projects, and that technology is cool and fun if you're using it with your friends, but if you're being weird about it and like being secretive in your room with doors that you have on a trigger system so you can just press a button and they close, maybe that's not so great. I don't know. Is that what I'm supposed to take away from this movie? Maybe. Maybe I'm not supposed to read into it too much, but 
Tough luck, Buster. I was curious. And curiosity killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it right back. And speaking of satisfaction, I cannot believe I blew past this back when we were talking about fashion. But this movie, like every good movie, has one of my favorite things, a fashion montage. You know what I'm talking about when I say that. They're shopping, they're in the dressing room mirror, and it's a fun, funky song, and there's changing and posing, and it's hilarious. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's not at all what shopping is like, in my experience. I've never just danced around a dressing room. I'm always like, ow, these pants don't look as good as I wanted them to. Or, you know, mom, can you see if they have this shirt in a bigger size? <laughs> that's, that's shopping for me. But I love fashion montages. The only thing I like more than a good fashion montage is a good makeover. And, oh my god, excuse me. The queen of makeovers is, of course, Anne Hathaway. Don't fight me on this. Princess Diaries, check. Uh, Devil Wears Prada, double check. Two of the best makeovers in America. American cinema, too. The country, and just movies. <laughs> um... Okay, that's, that's enough silly talk. Let's get, do you want to get real for a second? Because I'd love to get real with you about some fun facts about Get a Clue. On the Wikipedia page, my number one source for all information, I read that this movie was the third in a three-picture deal that Lindsay had with the Walt Disney Company. So I was like, okay, well, what would be the other two movies? And then I stumbled upon what I now consider the greatest the trinity of all movies, like move over Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, the Lindsay Lohan, Walt Disney, early era. Number one, Parent Trap. Ooh, I love the Parent Trap. I just saw it on Freeform. To this day, holds up classic film. Number two, Life Size. Life Size. With Tyra Banks. And I, if Tyra is listening, which I can only assume she is, I have a bone to pick with you, Tyra. Like, two years ago, you posted on Instagram, Life Size 2, I'm directing. Where is it, Tyra? Where is it? I have never yelled at a Tyra Banks like this in my life. <laughs> That's a great America's Next Top Model reference. And if you don't get it, just search Tyra Banks Tiffany. And you will find one of the funniest things that's ever happened on a reality fashion-based competition show and there's only like two of those so kind of an easy list to top but hey what are you gonna do and then okay so then the third movie was the parent trap or excuse me the third movie was get a clue and I was like well that's that's terrific like if I could have three movies in a box set I would definitely buy these three movies and then it got me thinking about the second trilogy in Lindsay's career Mean Girls Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, and Herbie Fully Loaded. <laughs> She's had a very interesting career, and obviously just constantly wishing her success in the future. Mean Girls too. They made it, but I'm talking like a real Mean Girls, like a high school reunion Mean Girls. I would watch that so hard, you don't even want to know. As long as Tina Fey wrote it, and they got everybody to come back. Anyway, um, so this movie... Go on, sorry, I was reading my notes and then I have like three things that I wanted to talk about. So let's just talk about the last thing that I thought was interesting on the Wikipedia page. There's an alternate ending to the movie. In the alternate ending, Miss Stern ends up being the bad guy. Miss Stern is a spurned lover 
of Mr. Walker, and she gets her revenge by, I guess, I don't really know how she would got her revenge because she didn't work with him in the banking industry. Wikipedia article didn't go into it in that much detail. If anybody has get a clue on DVD, it did mention that the alternative ending was available there. Please let me know. I would love to watch it, and then we can do a fun follow-up on this particular film. I do just think it was interesting that they did an alternative ending, though. Like, this one seems so crystal clear from the get-go that how they could have gone any other direction with it doesn't make sense to me. But sometimes life doesn't make sense, and I think that's one of the joys of being a human. Now, we're going to talk about not one of the joys of being a human. We're going to talk about filming in New York in 2001, because the movie started production in May of 2001. Obviously, a lot of horrible stuff was about to go down in a few short months on September 11th. And I, for some reason, every time I see a movie from, you know, this, that time set in New York, they never quite... It happened. We all know it happened. We've all felt the ramifications in society from it. But movies, like, never show it. You know what I mean? Like, in Get a Clue, there was never any, like, fear or sadness or tragedy. And I guess maybe there shouldn't be. It is a kid's movie. But it's so weird to just see it, like, erased from society. Because they mention the year in the movie. Like, it is 2002 within the film. They're very upfront about that. And they don't, they just pretend that 9-11, and she lives in New York. Like, maybe if it was, I don't know, any other city, you could get away with it not being present. But here, I was like, it, it left a noticeable hole. Maybe only noticeable to me because I'm a weirdo, but that's, you know, my burden to bear. Okay, we've gone down a deep, dark rabbit hole, and I'm going to slowly start clawing my way out of it. But slowly. <laughs> um, one issue that the movie brings up, I couldn't really get a good grasp on exactly what they wanted the moral of this to be. Um, you know, obviously following your dreams, sticking to your truths, uh, not assuming the worst in people, not assuming the best in people, being diligent. I don't know, but they came at it in a lot of different ways. There was a technology aspect. There's obviously a huge fashion aspect. And then they also brought in, um, you know, the haves and the have-nots, how the other half lives. So Jack, Bug Hall's character, lives in Brooklyn. And to me, Brooklyn is full of hipsters. I guess at the time, and maybe that's unfair even now to say of Brooklyn, as I mentioned earlier, I've never been to New York. All I know is what I see from movies and TV. But anyway, I guess at the time it was sort of more of like a neighborhoody borough, like you know your neighbors, Mrs. So-and-so is sweeping her porch and Jack says hello when they walk up and Lindsay's like, oh, I've never, I've never seen my neighbors, but you know, we bought the whole floor. So <laughs> it's just, they live different lives, but Jack's family, his brother's in the Navy, his dad passed away a few years ago and his mom's a nurse, an ER nurse, she works the night shift. But his house is full of warm, home-cooked meals and family photos all over the place and then her house has a maid and they don't know how to cook and and there's art like you know fancy art hanging on the walls but n neither one is presented as better than the other which I think is actually kind of cool because sometimes they try to make a point like you can have all the material wealth in the world and still be unhappy 
It's like, or you can have wealth and still have a good relationship with your parents. You know, having, you know, money is a, it's a nice thing to have. If you don't have it, you can still be happy. But if you do have it, you're not immediately an asshole. <laughs> Again, maybe I'm reading too deep into the movie. But another bit that they do with poverty, that's just like this weird... I honestly, God didn't understand it even a little bit. But this weird aspect that's running through the whole movie. Jack and Lexi are on the streets of Brooklyn looking for Mr. Walker. And there's this homeless guy wearing basically just a green trench coat. You've seen it a million times. I'm like 80% sure my dad has one. But anyway, Lexi's convinced that it's Mr. Walker's coat. No, there can't be two such terrible coats in the whole city. It's not that terrible of a coat. If you want a better visual, let's put it this way. If you've seen The Office and you've seen Dwight Schrute's green coat, it's that. It's that exact same coat. So then the homeless guy shows up later at the hotel when they're all there waiting, you know, to see what's going to happen. And he's, like, running around the hotel, the homeless guy is, and he's getting chased by a security guard. And then he runs into a banquet hall conference room or whatever and, like, rips off the coat and his fake beard, and it turns out he's a senator and he was pretending to be homeless. And the only act of kindness he experienced was somebody giving him the coat off his back. I was like, what the hell was that all about? I mean, Mr. Walker in the movie, he's never a bad guy. Like, once you find out that he isn't dead and that he was framed, he's never portrayed as the villain, like, even a little bit. So I'm like, why did they have this whole other bit about him giving a coat to a homeless guy? And then, like, Lexi's dad is there to cover the press conference of the homeless guy slash senator or council, city councilman, I think he is. I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. And, the like, I feel like they really just wanted to drive home an extra message about being kind to your neighbor or something. But it was a really weird and obscure way to do it. But it did result in a very funny chase scene because when the homeless guy was running around the hotel and the security guard was chasing him... That was just, that was when I mentioned the Benny Hill style antics, like opening doors and like running down a hallway and then one person goes one way and the other person goes the other. Very Scooby-Doo too. Maybe that's, maybe that's more my audience. It's a very Scooby-Doo moment. Well, you guys, holy cow, that might be all I have to say about Get a Clue. Let's see here. Let me just read through my list really fast to make sure I'm not forgetting to mention anything that I thought was crucial. Uh, no, does not look like it. Oh my God. Yes, it does. Okay. This will be my last thing. And then we will conclude and we'll have a great time. Miss Dawson goes to the hotel where everything's going down because she gets an exclusive offer for a spa day. Turns out the spa day was faked by Detective Meany because he wanted to get her there should he need her as leverage to get the $10 million for Mr. Walker, which he thinks he has. Ultimately, he kind of does, but not on purpose. So he locks the teacher up, Miss Dawson. He, he kidnaps her and puts her in a ladies' locker room. And even as a kid, this I was like, you're not stuck, like, even a teeny tiny little bit. It was such a weird kidnapping. So she's wearing a white robe. She's got the belt of the robe, like, wrapped around her mouth, like, gagged her. She's got a face mask on, and then she's sitting on a metal chair, and she's got one foot in a pool, like, or each foot's in its own pedicure pool of, like, pink liquid. And her, she's stuck? Like, that has incapacitated her. Her hands are free, I think. If not, then they're probably just being, like, held behind her back by another towel belt. And she can't stand up because her feet, like, 
what what is this? I know that this is a kid's movie and you can't have anything, you know, too dire straits, but wow, it was just, it was tacky. And then Lindsay Lohan just shoves her in the shower. She's like, I'm sorry to do this, but I got to run. Bye. <laughs> and she ends up getting herself cleaned up and runs to the lobby for the denouement like everybody else. But it just, it was a little, it was a little too silly. Okay. Get a clue. Get a clue. We, did you get one? Do you feel clued in to the film? I hope you do. Oh, also just one other little thing real quick. They say get a clue in the movie like three or four times. And it always reminds me of that Family Guy episode where Peter is like, I like it when they say the name of the movie in the movie. <laughs> I always go, oh, that's the name. He said it. <laughs> okay. Get, okay. Oh, I'll stop saying okay because we all know it's okay. But it is. It's okay. Um, I haven't been doing this before, but I'm going to rate this movie and I am going to give it three and a half fur coats out of five. <laughs> I think it's a really good, I do, I really did like it quite a bit. It's a very, very funny movie. One of the better done Disney Channel original movies in this reviewer's opinion. And I guess since I brought it up, I should just mention this so nobody gets their hopes up. Life-size while it was a Disney-produced movie, it originally aired on ABC. So, doesn't make the cut for a DCOM. And unfortunately, I will not be able to discuss it. But what movie will I be discussing next week? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you pick. Whatever one you want to hear me talk about, comment on the Facebook post uh, that I'm sharing of this link with your suggestion, whoever gets the most likes on that post, that's the one I'll talk about. So in two Tuesdays, well, I guess I'll probably like the, okay, let's do this. The voting will close and not this Sunday, but next Sunday. That way I have enough time to watch the movie before we talk about it. Okay. This is fun. I'm engaging with my audience. That's what you're supposed to do to have a fun and active podcast. I don't know if that's what you're supposed to do, but that's what I'm going to perceive that I'm supposed to do. It'll be a hoot. So by next Sunday, comment on the Facebook post of this with the movie you want to see. Whoever gets the most likes, that's what we're going to talk about. Don't be a Yahoo. We've already done Alicat Strike, Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, and now get a clue. So don't suggest any of those, but anything else is open for business. <laughs> open. <laughs> open. It's open. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you guys again so, so, so much for listening to this. I do really appreciate it. Um, if you're fun and free and you want to have a good time, you can subscribe to my podcast. I'm available in the iTunes store and also on the Google Play. Thanks to my good friend Arjun who recommended it and sent me a link on how to do it. So I did it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all your undying love and affection that I can only assume you are showering upon me as I speak. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>